What's going on, FA Nation? Welcome back. This is the Fantasy Alarm two-minute drill. I'm Dan Malin. Uh, back with us this week is James Grande, fresh off his wedding. Congrats to you, Grande. Thank you, thank you. Uh, since the wedding, you know, gone through a hurricane, lost power twice. Um, so, you know, it's been <laughs> hasn't been a lot of celebrating since. But uh, the relationship has really been tested. In the it sure has. It, sh- it sure has. Uh, but thanks, Dan. Happy to be back and. Uh, little sickness to go along with it uh, as well uh, non-covid related illness i was i'm able to play through it though uh Good. you know i took all the fluids before the game <clears throat> team player uh all right let's break down week four very weird another weird week to i guess carry on the theme of just a very bizarre yep. and odd season uh week four not bad for me in season long uh won most of my matchups dfs was a bit of another story my gpp lineups were actually really strong if i had only played just tournaments i probably would have tripled my money easily but i also <laughs> invested a lot in cash games and the only right call i made on my cash lineup was playing geno smith everything else kind of <laughs> crap. Um, not the best cash game week for me in dfs but how was week four how to treat you oh it was terrible oh it was terrible um every every i, I did cash in the late um slate at a pretty good line in the late slate all thanks to Kyler Murray's like ability to just somehow switch, you know, flip a switch at halftime, seemingly every game where he looks like it's Baker like Mayfield. Time. Remember it that? Is, it is some Tebow time action. He looks like Baker Mayfield in the first half, and then um, the Tim Tebow magic kicks in. And uh, I, I think yesterday in late slate it was like him, Dubs, and McCaffrey like all back to back to back touchdowns. I was like, oh, that's ideal for my late line, but my. Uh, main slate lineup was trash. Um, didn't play cash. I don't waste my money there uh, like you do. But uh, <laughs> it was unfortunate because I played Herbert as my um, quarterback, and he dominated. Yeah. And Austin Eckler scored all the touchdowns. So um, that was unfortunate. But, you know, we, we move on. We're on to Cincinnati. We're on to week five. Let's talk about a little fantasy etiquette. Uh, one of the big stories coming out of Sunday morning of week four was uh, Alvin Kamara was a surprise inactive. The news dropped at 8 a.m. Eastern time for the 9.30 a.m. Eastern time London game. So surprise inactive at 8 a.m. <clears throat> if you were awake, if you were aware of the news, you had 90 minutes to make a swap. A lot of people did. However, there were still almost 80 to 90%. I know for a fact that it was 85% of lineups on CBS Sports yep. Leagues kept Kamara in. So people were either sleeping through the news, they just weren't getting it. I don't know what the hell happened. Um, I felt bad because my insomnia kicked in Saturday night into Sunday, and I was in the NFL season-long Discord. <laughs> and one of our subs uh, named Coltastic, he lives in Hawaii, and so the game was starting probably around like 3.30 a.m. for him. And oh, no. And I was in there talking with him, and I was like, I'm pretty sure he's going to play. He was a limited participant in practice. He's trending towards playing. I'm plugging him in all my labs. He was the cover boy for my showdown article for the game. And then at 8 a.m., Howard comes into the chat and says Alvin Kamara is out. And immediately my thought just went to I was up at 4 a.m. <laughs> telling him that he was probably going to play. And Colt Asik, if you're listening, I'm so sorry. I was trying to tag you in the Discord <laughs> to let you know. Maybe, maybe by some divine intervention it would wake you up. But enough with that. What should happen in this instance? Are you of the mindset that, look, this is – I'm looking at my notes and I realize I just spelled Kamara wrong. I spelled it. <laughs> anyway, what happens in this situation? Do should 
commissioners allow owners to make a swap after lock or is this it? if you're not awake when inactives are coming out like that's your problem i'm of the mind that i'm of the mindset that you need to be a bit of a hard ass if you you can't get up at even nine o'clock right. on a sunday morning uh i mean 6 a.m isn't even asking that much if you're a grown adult that's just right. my opinion uh but if you can't get up just to check briefly check inactives really quick i mean you got to take the zero here I mean, I couldn't agree more. I, I think there's no doubt. You mentioned, I mean, we're East Coasters, nine o'clock. Guys, really? Like, we can't be awake at nine o'clock? Is that how lazy we've become? I get it. Like, we also understand, uh, because the London games have been going on for quite some time, that London games are going to keep going on yeah. for some time. One next week. Right. There's another one with my with the um, the best team in the NFC and then the, then the Packers in that oh, one. Um, but... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I I think that is your fault. To eighty to eighty to ninety percent of the people that left it in your in your lineup, that's your fault. And I think, like you said, um, the hard assery kicks in. And if you left him in your lineup, that's a zero for you. Now, the stipulation is if you're in Hawaii at three thirty, maybe if the rest of your league is in like a reasonable time zone, um, that's something. But even then. I think you just have to give him the zero. I think it's just sport. If you give him the zero to one guy, you're giving the zero to everybody. It sucks. Definitely felt bad for the guy as soon as the news broke. Uh, I was in a league where one of my opponents actually still played Michael Thomas, and I don't know how the hell you let that happen because that news broke on like Friday that he was not yep. going to play. Uh, but we're moving on. We had a lot. We are recording this Monday night during the Monday night football game between the Rams and the 49ers. We had quite a bit of news break on Monday. We'll start with Javante Williams. Torres ACL, he is done for the year. How do we rank Melvin Gordon the rest of the season? He's fumbled five times in just 44 carries this year. Can he be trusted as an RB2 at worst flex pay at flex play? Um, and if you're a Gordon owner, what could you possibly look to get in a trade for a running back needy manager? You know, this is a depend this is a position that's uh, more injury prone than any right. other in fantasy football. So what can you possibly be fetching? For Melvin Gordon, or do you maybe just sit on him for a bit, see if he can run up his value? Um, so I probably have him rated a little higher than you. Um, yes, the fumbles have definitely been an issue, but if you look throughout his career, uh, six is the most he's ever had in a season, and that was his rookie campaign. Um, so this seems more of an anomaly than uh, than it is like the standard with Melvin Gordon. I know he's fumbled four times in each of the last two years. Um, but that's 16 game sample. Like that's not um, a four game sample. And when you think about Melvin Gordon, first off, he can contribute in the passing game. We know that uh, he's had multiple 50 reception seasons on his ledger. And if you date outside of the his rookie season, he's had six straight years of eight or more rushing touchdowns. People say, oh, touchdowns aren't uh you know viable we talked about this all last year with james connor oh james connor is going to fall fall off because he can't keep scoring touchdowns well james connor kept scoring touchdowns um and that's what melvin gordon's done his whole career he's had five of his last six seasons with 10 or more total touchdowns um and what the one that he didn't was not um so i if i'm ranking melvin gordon is a top 15 option weekly um even with the fumble issues i think it's going to I 
I definitely uh, think that there's some intrigue with him, especially because he's in a contract year. Granted, he's 29 and he turns 30 in April, and 30-year-old running backs uh, tend to wear off and they aren't going to grab as much of a, a – I guess you can't really be cashing in anymore after this, but um, if he can stay durable be and contribute, you know, this is a good opportunity for him. Uh, moving on to another injury, uh, Cordero Patterson of the Atlanta Falcons has been placed on IR. He's going to miss four games. Is there any interest in the Atlanta Falcons backfield, uh, even though it's going to mostly be a committee? It's not one that generates a lot of buzz, especially with Patterson sidelined. Very hard for me to get excited about anyone aside from Tyler Algier. And even then, he's probably going to ride my bench most weeks. Yeah, I mean, there's interest if you're desperate, right? I mean, there's a lot of guys that may have lost Jonathan Taylor for a week, that lost CPAT. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think there's definite interest. But like you said, is it – I mean, lost Javante Williams. I mean, there's a, like, there's a lot of injuries at the running back position. Um, so – Yes. Interest if I'm desperate. Algier is definitely the top target. He played 24 snaps after Patterson left. Um, Huntley played 12. Interesting, though, they split carries, right? Algier had 10. Caleb Huntley had 10. Caleb Huntley only played 12 snaps, and 10 of them, he rushed uh, the football. One of them, he ran out for a pass. One of them, he was in pass protection. So, I mean, if that's going to be the usage Caleb Huntley's going to get, I definitely think there's some deep league appeal there. Like, 12, 14 teams are definitely going to need one of these guys, probably. Uh, Avery Williams is the long shot, but uh, Algier and Huntley would definitely be priority number one and priority number two of the of the, uh, of the the bunch. But, like, where do they rank in terms of waiver claims? Like, I don't know, middle of the pack? Like, you're not you're not spending your number one waiver claim on. Either. Yeah, especially because this week doesn't really project to be a great waiver wire, I don't think. I mean, there's going to be popular quarterbacks in the waiver wire. Yeah. Um, um, <clears throat> speaking of, that makes for a nice little pivot. Um, but Tua Tungavailoa is officially ruled out ahead of week five. Um, guess this shouldn't be too much of a surprise after the hits that we've seen him take the last two weeks, especially last Thursday against the Bengals on Thursday Night Football. The independent neurotrauma specialist was that evaluated him in the game against the Bills and let him go back in. He was promptly fired by the NFL. Uh, somebody has to be the scapegoat there, and it's going to be surprising if anyone in, in the Miami organization gets any uh, punishments or anything like that. Uh, do we think this could lead to a multi-week absence? If you don't want to answer that question, it's totally fine. I don't like speculating on head injuries either. But who is an available quarterback on the waiver wire that you'd look to add in, in uh, to his absence? Um, I don't know how to approach the injury because they didn't approach it right the first time. They called it a back injury, and it didn't look like a back injury to me when he was stumbling uh, in week three. He didn't reach to his back at all. Didn't reach to his back at all. Um, and he was there was clearly some uh, – he was seeing six of uh, whoever he was looking at when he fell over. So I'm not going to speculate either, but, you know, out week five wouldn't be shocked to see him out for a couple more weeks. Um, in terms of waiver wire, I mean, you're, you know, looking at guys under 50% uh, owned on ESPN. I mean, Jared Goff is obviously tops the list without his top two options. I mean, maybe three, if you want to count how good and viable. DeAndre the Lions is. are getting into a shootout every week. Every week. I mean, their defense is all it's yeah. just absolutely tri- uh, dreadful. So I think Jared Goff is clear cut number one. Someone that you mentioned that was in your cash game lineups, Geno Smith. Uh, he looks pretty dang. He looks pretty dang good. Um, 
and he's been very fantasy viable this year um, in all but what one game. Mm-hmm. So um, the game against San Francisco, he just didn't. But uh, other three games, he had two touchdowns. Um, yesterday, he had three. Uh, he's given us at least 17 ESPN <clears throat> points in, in your uh, in all formats. So like, yeah, I think Gino, I think um, Jared Goff, and maybe like you're taking a flyer on Zach Wilson being fourth quarter Zach Wilson moving forward mm-hmm. um, because he was really good in the fourth, obviously. And they do have, the Jets do have like as many weapons as they've had in quite some time. I mean, they have weapons. They're all young and they're all developing, but uh, maybe a flyer on Zach Wilson. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, th- one more thing on the two injury. What do we think of the fantasy value for Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill with Teddy Bridgewater under center? Do we think that they can still put up the numbers of high-end wide receiver too? So I guess like borderline top twelve wide receivers on a weekly basis, or is it going to be is it going to be one of those situations where it's just one of them gets fed and the other falls into, I guess, a low-end wide receiver two role? Did you see the uh, Tyreek Hill quote um, today where? I did see something where Teddy Bridgewater <laughs> apparently looked him in the eyes and said that he will feed him or, or he will put up numbers with him or something like that. Yeah, it was he it was the beat writer like asked him a question like how he feels and Tyreek Hill stared him in the eyes and was like I will put up numbers with you throwing me the football. So Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm not worried about Tyreek Hill uh all that much. I think they're both still top 24 receivers. I think you know, it's hard just knowing Teddy Two Gloves, you know, like, but we we have to, you know, he supported two top 24 receivers a couple years ago, DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson in um, in Carolina. So I think that he can um, support them both. Do I think they'll both be weekly wide receiver ones? No. Do I think they're probably going to have wide receiver three weeks? Yes. But um, I do think that they're both all right we will uh, i guess wrap it up unless you've got something at the end uh four weeks into the season we have enough of a sample size this is usually around the point when you kind of know what you have in fantasy football we are almost a quarter of the way through the season what is your approach going to be with fall with players that are struggling with either production or injuries you know jonathan taylor <clears throat> uh the consensus number one overall pick this year he's been very disappointing aside from week one uh and he's questionable for thursday Christian McCaffrey, uh, very well documented the struggles of the Panthers offense. Kyle Pitts, is there anyone else that I'm missing? I probably am. Are we still are we still starting our studs or, or are we getting a little weary and benching some of these guys? I mean, so I saw this tweet earlier from today. It's Mike Clay of ESPN. And he sent out a tweet about Jonathan Taylor. So we'll start there. And in 2021 through four weeks, Dan, uh, Jonathan Taylor was 20th amongst running backs in fantasy points. This year, he is 22nd in fantasy points. We all know how that the season ended for Jonathan Taylor. He ended up mm-hmm. as the number one back, was in the MVP talks, whatever. I guess the in, the ankle injury could be a little concerning. We're unsure what his status is going to be heading into Thursday night. They play in a short week. Um, they sent out their walkthrough re- practice report today. Jonathan Taylor was not practicing. as If there were to be a practice, he's, uh, you know they projected him to be out. Um, so, you know, the ankle more than I, I'm going to be starting Jonathan Taylor every week. I also think, you know, if people are starting to get weary on Jonathan Taylor, maybe a good time to buy 
um, probably never going to have a lower stock than off an ankle injury and mm-hmm. being the RB20. Christian McCaffrey, I mean, for as, you know, quote-unquote bad, I guess, as he's been, I mean, he caught a whole bunch of passes, scored a touchdown yesterday. Um, it's obviously concerning that Baker Mayfield is the quarterback there, and they're not going to make a change, seemingly. They're going to stick with Mayfield. We'll see when Sam Darnold returns, if that's going to continue to be the case. But um seems that way as of now. Um I'm not worried about McCaffrey at all. I'm 100% worried about Pitts. I mean, the usage is terrible. They just don't care. They're using him to block. They're using him not, like he's not running routes. He ran 12 routes. In oh, Florida. my God. Are you kidding me? That's like, terrible. Um, 12, like 12 routes. He was in on 34 snaps. So he was run blocking for 21 snaps. He pass blocked on one of them. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm extremely <coughs> concerned with Kyle Pitts. Look. There are some offenses that I think are better than we expected. Seattle, I think, you know, clear, clear as day. Jared Goff in Detroit. I think those, we, some of those receivers and pass catchers slipped because we didn't think the quarterbacks would get them the ball necessarily. Marcus Mariota cannot deliver the football to anybody. And that's a problem. And it's going to continue to be a problem for Drake London. It's going to continue to be a problem for Kyle Pitts. Now their number one running back is out. Um, Kyle Pitts is, I didn't love where he was being drafted to begin with. Um, I think the only place I drafted him was in a mock draft that we did at Fantasy Alarm just to see how, you know, things played out because it's fun doing those kind of things in mock drafts. Um, but I took him Scott Fishbowl. Yeah, well, I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, <laughs> I don't, like, obviously the usage is going to be better. We saw it in week three where, like, they were like, we need to get Kyle Pitts the ball. They got Kyle Pitts the ball and things went well for them. Um, but if he's going to play 12 pass snaps, I mean, there's there is deer in headlights concern. Like, that is um, terrifying. So, yeah, I mean, I think I think the whole running back position is concerning, um, right? Like, uh, I think what you said, though, on Taylor and McCaffrey. I was kind of surprised when I was in the NFL season-long Discord on Sunday and people were asking me, about McCaffrey and granted there were there were injury concerns this past week and I was telling people like I don't want to tell you what to do with your team but in every league where I'm where I own someone like McCaffrey Taylor or Eckler because I have a lot of shares of Eckler I'm starting him no matter what but like it it just seems like there's just this (laughs) there's just this fear and this ever-growing frustration so far through the first few weeks and it could possibly end up being the case that next week we get another like just subpar for performance for Christian McCaffrey. But if he if these guys are active, I I will never recommend ever benching any of them. Never, never, uh, never. But I'm getting there with Pitts. I mean, I think it's it's different. I think because like Baker Mayfield can be really bad, but we know that they will move the ball by getting Christian McCaffrey the ball. And Matt Ryan has looked old and washed as well, but that offense is going to run through Jonathan Taylor when he's healthy. There's nothing to suggest, I guess maybe because Cordell Patterson's injured, there's nothing else to suggest that this Atlanta coaching staff wants to get Kyle Pitts involved. As crazy as that sounds, right? Like, what are they What are they giving us that says, you know what, Kyle Pitts is going to break out. Like, he ran the fewest snaps he's run all year so um i'm there with kyle pitts already as, as much as people probably don't want to hear i know a lot of people have tuned the kyle pitts horn and, uh, i'm sorry but like things don't seem to be, are not seemingly like, getting better 
Christian McCaffrey still had 20 fantasy points yesterday, Dan, like, on a, on, with an injury coming into the week. Like, look at the rest of the running backs in position and tell me who's consistently getting you 20 fantasy points. The, the numbers apparently very, very low. I mean, one guy is on your team. One guy is on my team. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, he's the. I mean, he's the RB one. He is the RB one. Um, so like, yeah, but like, right now it's like Saquon, uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, are like the two best running backs in fantasy, right? The, those, and then McCaffrey's still up there. I'm trying to get pull up the. Uh, yeah. I imagine Aaron Jones has to be up there. Let's look. Let's look. So as of coming into Monday Night Football, because that's what we're recording, um, Barkley, Chubb, Eckler, CEH, Christian McCaffrey, number five. So, like, even with the, a subpar Christian McCaffrey, he hasn't finished less than RB2, and he's been in RB1 twice. Like, we need to take a step back and realize that the running back position is very bad this year. It got a lot worse with all the injuries this past week, including – um, Jamal Williams, including uh, potentially an absence from Jonathan Taylor. And we need to, you know, Cordell Patterson, who's a top 12 running back, David Montgomery, who was out last week. Um, if you have Christian McCaffrey, be grateful you have him right now. As long as he's on the field, he's going to give you RB2 plus production most weeks, RB1. All right, wrap it up. Do you have any believe it or not, or? Nope, 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 I don't this week. I'm, I'm glad we'll give you a pass and... because you are coming off your uh, your honeymoon and I'm not going to... Right, how about this? Okay. Currently, uh, we have three... Um, yeah, we'll go with three, three of these running backs. And I want you to... How many of them do you believe can finish RB1s? They're all currently RB1s. Clyde Edwards, Hilaire... Uh, I'm going to take, you know, I'll take two of them. I was initially only going to go with Miles Sanders, just, but I also, that seems like a bit of a pipe dream because I'm still, <laughs> I'm still just so high on how he finished his rookie year. But yeah. we've, we've seen from the newer coaching regime that he, oh, I feel like you Yeah, we've, <laughs> we've had our own like private text conversations where it's just like, why are they feeding Miles Sanders? Why are they not giving him the ball? It's amazing what he does when he has the ball in his hand. Um, I do like CEH. I, I have him in a couple of my bigger money leagues, but at the same time, I still view him as a sell-high candidate. Um, yep. As long as he keeps scoring, <laughs> that's going to keep the value up there, and maybe someone else will bite. Uh, I do think Josh Jacobs can get there. It's pretty clear that uh, you know Zamir White is not going to cut into his right. work at all. That was my concern coming out of the preseason. Um, I took late flyers on Zamir White, and I've already dropped him because it's clear right. – Josh Jacobs isn't going anywhere. I think he nope. finishes a RB one. I think I'll still put a little faith in my. Own. <laughs> oh no! Well, the only pro- like the problem is, is like he's probably not even the best runner on his team. Yeah. And there are going to be weeks when it's just hurts to yep. Jay Brown or hurts to Goddard or hurts to Smith, and and the running game for Philadelphia just goes straight through him. Um, all right, and hurts I'll, punching I'll go, touchdowns. Too. I'll go with I'll go with the logical answer and just say Josh Jacobs, but I, I'm tempted to go with Miles Sanders. I think I think um, I'm with you. I think two of the three. I'm not sure which. I think Josh Jacobs feels safe because of the volume. I think the Sanders thing, like yes, he got 27 carries, 
That's incredible. It's not going to happen. Not like, going to happen. Probably one of like three times we see him get over 20 carries this year. Um, I also think the two touchdowns, probably not sustainable. Jalen Hurts is going to poach a lot of them anytime they're close to the goal line. Uh, there's no Boston Scott. We know Boston Scott. Yep. Serial, serial uh, touchdowns uh, stealer. So um, there's a lot going on in Philly. I think that's a great team. But like you said, the passing game is going to be elite. I mean, Devonta Smith had three catches. When Devonta Smith is like having these boom games and or like and Jalen Hurts didn't have t- touchdown pass, like there's a lot of moving parts in Philly. I think we're I think Sanders finishes as an RB two, which is still fine, right? That's mm-hmm. a great finish. Um, About where he was drafted, right? So I still think he finishes RB two. Um, uh, second question, just follow up to this. Rest of season, I think this is a I think this is a pretty fair question right now, and I think a question that we could kind of move into a different direction too. Rest of the season, Miles Sanders or Rashad Penny? And then I have a follow-up to that question. Uh, I'm going to take uh, Sanders because I I have more faith in Sanders' offensive line. I understand that there's a clearer path to production for Penny, but offensive line is worse, and I'm actually kind of nervous about Seattle's upcoming schedule. Um, let me pull it up. I know they have the Chargers coming up in a little bit. So they have the Saints this week, which I'm not very excited about, on the road. Then they have the Cardinals, Chargers, Giants, Cardinals, uh, Bucks. So, I mean, like, I <laughs> just don't – I loved the Seahawks the last couple of weeks right. against softer defenses like the Lions and the Falcons. I just don't have a lot of optimism about them when I look down the pipeline and I'm seeing some of their matchups. Um, okay, follow-up question. Yep. If you're a Shad Penny owner right now <clears> – <throat> This is this the most optimal time to sell Rashad Penny, or do you think it's worth keeping him? Um, because I don't think there's going to be another week like this. I mean, they don't face Detroit again. Um, yeah. And Ken Walker played his most snaps that he's played all year, despite Rashad Penny having that monster game. He played 24 snaps. That's double. That's more than he's played in the last two games combined. So I guess I'm asking, like, do you think that this is yes, a, it's a sell high, high for Rashad? It's Penny, a sell right? high window for Rashad Penny. Okay. I agree, hundred percent. I and I was a Rashad Penny truther coming into the year. I think he's a talented dude. Um, but if you want to sell Rashad Penny right now, stock has never been higher. All right, Grande. Well, thank you so much for your time. Uh, really solid recap of week four. Best of luck to you in week five, and best of luck to the FA Nation.